the younger generation picks up new technology in a way that we are not used to. So we just hand it over to the younger generation and hope that they will take best care of it because we don't really get it. Organizations that I work with, they tend to believe that they have one problem. And when I help them to analyze this problem, I can easily point out that this problem is a result of something else within the organization that they either neglect or that they can't really see their internal challenges due, due to that they are within that organization at all time. If you find something that you believe in that will make you happy, it will make you more and more successful. Because if you work at a job where, where you don't feel any happiness, eventually you will probably get sick. So welcome, Carl Linrud. Is Linrud is that how I pronounce this in English? By the way, yeah, that's correct. Thank you. Okay, cool. So, so, so great to have you on. We had some technology uh, issues here earlier, but now we're finally talking to each other. Yes, as we're not in the same room, but uh, <laughs> now it feels like we're very close to each other. <laughs> yeah. So, where are you uh, in the world right now? Right now, I'm down in Marbella, in Spain and uh, planning to go up to, to the event and uh, do the presentation in Stockholm. Wonderful. And what are you planning to talk about? I will be talking about parts of my life story and how I believe that all the struggles and challenges that I have gone through could help others to find their path uh, faster and easier. And that um, you should not neglect the challenges and just uh, move on you should actually look into all these different black holes and try to figure out what what the learnings can be from uh, from inside of them right I, I usually don't ask this but i will now since it's it's uh, it may be relevant how old are you now now i'm 39 and how old were you when you figured out your path in life I was starting to figure it, uh, figure it out in uh, when I was 30 and I, I don't say that I have figured it out but uh, I believe that I have started to find a way to ask the right questions and not just go about life thinking that everything is uh, good or bad and just trying to actually figure out the answers to all these questions that we carry around. Yeah, and and you, I know you uh, uh, you have traveled around quite a bit talking about this, and also authored uh, books on the topic, right? Yeah, exactly. So right now I'm actually about to publish the fourth book, which is uh, something that I've been working on for ten years, on and off, obviously. But uh, it's going to be a really interesting life story about my life as an entrepreneur, but also how I've found the path to solve all these internal questions and, and also some of the internal struggles. Right, and I think this is probably one of the main sources of stress for people that they, 
they know they have uh, all this energy and fire, but they don't quite know how to channel it and who they really are. And I think you're really onto something there, uh, writing about that and and talking about that on stage. But I think that should also be an interesting topic for us today to see. Okay, so how how did your path come about, and and what could we do now to give people some real tools to help them on their path, on their find their journey and path? Yeah, exactly. And I also think that uh, many of us have all these questions that we don't really dare to ask because they are connected to some emotions and emotions that we might have pushed away that we don't really want to look into because there could be some things in the past that that uh, is hard for us to ha- to handle and that we back then did not really know how to process in the best way but as we grow older we learn more and more things and we collect more and more tools to handle all these different uh, situations so if we actually look back at those situations in an older me it might be easier for me to actually solve those issues that we sort of locked into a box and just hid away in our uh, endless uh, storage room right so it's almost like a, a, a freudian theory here so right yeah sort of <laughs> so tell me what how should we do this should we deconstruct me or should we uh, see how uh, how you can help out here and, and ask me some good questions yeah i can i can start by by telling uh, everybody a little bit about where this all started and I think that ev- almost everyone will actually find that there are some bits and pieces that they can connect to their own lives. And it all started when I was actually looking into how come I was an entrepreneur and why I tend to find paths that other people wouldn't see even like my entrepreneur mindset and my inventive uh, uh, mindset figured out solutions to problems that many just accepted as problems that would not be solved. And I was thinking back like, okay, so what formed me into being this problem solving uh, machine sort of, uh, and why am I always feeling in a positive way when there's a challenge ahead, when there is something that other people sort of give up uh, on and uh, what is it that I do different compared to the people that I work with and and what uh, what have I learned from that. So I was, as you mentioned, in a Freudian way, looking back and back uh, uh, at my life and could see that I have sort of always been operating like this. I've always been trying to find my own path, but I looked at why I started to find my own path. And I realized that it's connected to my way of looking at the world, like my way of drawing a picture almost, but also some of the struggles that I had as a, as a kid. Because I'm dyslexic and in school that was a huge problem 
because my, my teachers didn't realize that I had this problem as they say it and I say it, I would like to rename it as uh, an ability because it have helped me in so many ways but of course it have also given me loads of challenges throughout the education system and in school this was a huge problem I sort of dubbed myself as being stupid which is kind of sad for a child to come to this conclusion but the conclusion was based on on everything that I had around me and that was a class of students and friends that got that were given the same challenge or homework and whenever I were to study on on this homeworks or prepare for a test the outcome was sort of the same at every situation I didn't do good at tests I had a huge problem with the gathering information in text and when I read one page I could then read it again and the text would say something different because the words were just jumping around and and they didn't connect to me in a logical way this sort of formed me in the beginning to think that I was not as good as the other students but also it pushed me to have to work harder than any of the other ones uh, any of the other students because still I needed to pass the tests and maybe I had to take the test two times but I still had to make it work and instead of just gathering information in an easy way I tried to find my own ways. I tried to really figure out how to record this information in a way that my mind would pick it up and uh, record it in a mind drawing so that I could recall the information instead of just memorizing the information. I had to find logical ways to connect all these different pieces. Uh, in some situations it turned out to be more difficult than other ones. But that's where it all started and when I as, a, as an older me started to look into this I realized that this is one of the tools that have helped me the most to actually learn to struggle and learn to not just accept one way but actually look for different paths because there is never just one way there will always be different ways of doing things and if there's not different ways to do one specific thing then there will probably be relations to solving that particular problems that you can interfere with and, and change to change the outcome and um, out of that I started to realize that this is something that I can actually help other people with I can help organizations to figure out challenges that they may be putting in that endless storage room like we have this big problem but we don't know how to solve it so let's just push that away until later i feel i think i've seen a lot a lot of the entrepreneurs that i meet have i think there's some overrepresentation of dyslexia 
among entrepreneurs. That's just my unscientific uh, conclusion. But there seems to be something about finding different ways and new ways, uh, which kind of translates later on in life to entrepreneurship for many people. Yeah, and I think it's very much connected to actually finding our, our own path and not just following the crowd. Because in school, we are taught to basically sit in our chairs and do as the teachers say. But as an entrepreneur, that will never work. If you just do what everybody else do, then you will not, not have any new inventions. You will not have any creativity. You will not have any of this mix of tools that an entrepreneur, entrepreneur need to build organizations or build uh, solutions and products. Right. Yeah, there's something to that. If you, do, if, if you do what you're told when you're a kid and that gives you a great outcome, then you keep doing what you're told, right? Yeah, exactly. So if you always get top grades and always do exactly what you're told, then you will get just there, exactly where you're told. Yeah, and, and, and you become a great employee, maybe. <laughs> exactly, exactly, which will be rewarding as well, for sure. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we're very lucky that we don't all choose to be entrepreneurs because that wouldn't work so well. But <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's interesting to see that this kind of this seems to be this overrepresentation, at least among the entrepreneurs that I meet, uh, yeah. that had struggles in that way. Yeah, definitely. And and the more we we do what we do, uh, the more we realize also that we have struggled a lot and more and more people that i speak to uh, that who are entrepreneurs they tend to want to share their knowledge and their experience with others as well to help others which is really nice i think because if i were just to keep all my findings and all my struggles to myself what real purpose would it, would it do then it would be just for me and no one else and i don't really believe that's how we build a great society. No, I mean, we need to uh, co-invent. Uh, I mean, all, most new innovations come from combinations of old ones, right? Exactly. So what, what, have, um, what have been some of the, the best... Uh, well, you've met, obviously, by now, a lot of uh, uh, CEOs and, and uh, company leaders and, and people with different problems that need a, s- a solution that comes from innovation in some way. And what are the best kind of feedbacks that you get? What do you, what do you encounter most when you're out? People say, well, I've never thought of it that way. One of the most interesting ones is that organizations that I work with, they tend to believe that they have one problem. And when I help them to analyze this problem, I can easily point out that this problem is a result of something else within the organization that they either neglect or that they are too snow blind, so to say, to see. That they can't really see their internal challenges due, due to that they are within that organization uh, at all time. So many of the problems that seems critical is actually a result of something something else within the organization and that is really interesting to see the like the aha moment that these organizational leaders have when when these root causes are pointed out 
So at some at some point in your life, you realize that okay, this is this is my path. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, and and but before that, you were also an entrepreneur in, in some other ways, right? Or yeah. How did your career start out? So my career started as a 16 year old teenager, and that's back in 1996. I really liked working with computers and I knew quite much or back then you could sort of say that you had control of almost everything because it, the, the space of computers was so limited. And I got approached by companies that asked me to help them with their IT infrastructure sort of. And that led me to help fairly large organizations and after a while I was helping really big organizations as a consultant. And I realized quite soon that this is something that I really, really enjoy, but also that it's a space where the older people within the businesses had no understanding whatsoever of, which is today quite interesting because I'm sure that we will see the younger generation picks up new technology in a way that we are not used to. And this will open up new possibilities for the younger generation that we older people might find really difficult and that we can't really keep up with. So we just hand it over to the younger generation and hope that they will take best care of it because we don't really get it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I like that idea of how, because when I was a child, I, I remember feeling that, yeah, those things are so hard that I have to be a grown-up to do them. I, I, I remember thinking something along those lines. And that seems to maybe have changed a little bit now, that that kids have kind of this vast array of tools that we didn't have access to i think i think you know the, the people that did have have access to it was like ibm yeah and uh, the grown-ups you know nasa yeah exactly um, and now it's not like that at all now everybody has access to everything and that kind of flips everything around because then it's suddenly uh, an advantage to be to not have the knowledge or at least the the limited, or how should I say, the structured knowledge that puts limitation on us, limitations on us, because we know how things are supposed to be, right? Exactly, and that's one of the greatest challenges that we have right now. I think it's all these limitations, but also the the tools that we see that actually break these limitations. Like one one of the topics that I really like to talk about is also the, the education system. Uh, and how we are, we teach our kids based on the number of rules and limitations. Basically, we feed them with limitations. And at the same time, we are building artificial intelligence, which we feed with information and, and so-called knowledge. And we realize that this is not the way to build an AI. This is not how we should educate an AI. Instead, we created a scoring platform where the AI receives scores if it, if it performs in a good way or a bad way. And based on that, the AI 
will self-teach itself into learning how to do things in the most efficient way. This results in that the AI creates an amazing amount of creative solutions to problems, while our students, our children, are taught just to follow the principles and follow the rules. So how will we ever think that our kids will be able to work in a normal work environment competing with an AI? Right, and also I think we are obsessed with these our own scoring system uh, for the schools and and how we how we score and we're obsessed with like how the PISA scores are so low in Sweden right now and that may actually be a good thing even yes so far I haven't found one that actually give value to the student in a way that encourages them instead it's it's a competing scoring platform that does not encourage kids to be creative and to try to figure out their own way. They just try to figure uh, figure out the way to get the best grades based on the scoring system, not how to actually learn things in the best possible way. That's interesting, and it's it's kind of terrible. Uh, not not least knowing that you know that we we see so much creativity coming from the younger generation with access to tools, and uh, we are um, we are not that we are we follow the rules we have this you know the 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 plan for how how this education is supposed to be, and we have the scoring system for how to answer the questions in the correct way, and there may not be a correct way necessarily if if we don't know what the future is like and you know what's going to happen. Right? Exactly. It's better to not be right, but to be inquisitive and, and curious. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. How do we solve this problem? <laughs> yeah, that's a separate podcast. That's a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, that's, I think that, that problem is probably one of the most important ones we have in society yeah, today. Definitely. But if, if you, I just kind of want to go back a little bit to what we talked about with uh, with dyslexia and how that kind of the the way that you try to find other solutions, how that helps us along, and and when we get older, we get worse at being inquisitive and we and better at following rules. And do you think that that evolution, because it's in a way, I think it was more beneficial before to follow rules, maybe when when the world didn't change as fast. And now that the world is changing that fast, it's it's more beneficial to be that kind of inquisitive uh, uh, adventurer, if you will. Um, do you think that ties into the increased kind of stress and, and burnout that we see in society today? Or do you think it's uh, not related? Definitely. Uh, the thing I think about that is that people that don't have this creative spirit or this other way of thinking or figuring out problems in a, in a way or figuring out solutions in a way that we say is creative. The people that memorize books and just can repeat chapter after chapter, those people will have a huge struggle when they want to be entrepreneurs. And I have seen this firsthand in, in like some of the top schools of the world where the students 
really, really spend their the better part of their lives trying to get the best grades, trying to go to the best schools and follow all the, the best teachers around and, and so on. And when they quit school and go to look for a job in the job interview, they can perform outstanding, but they can't answer questions that are outside their given tools. So they can't really figure out how to solve problems that they have not been taught how to solve. I've seen different types of of, uh, people getting burnt out in different ways. And I mean, there are certainly the types that just they're great at what they do. They just have too much to do. And and, I've I've seen that. But to me, that seems to be like the rare case. The, The more common case is when people work as hard as they can, but they don't seem to get the effects or the outcomes that they want. And yeah. that is creates enormous stress, especially if you know that I used to do it like this and it used to work, and now it seems to not be working anymore. And yeah. uh, what do I do now? And that, I think, is a huge part of, of what's going on right now when, when you see all this change and all this shift and people are used to having these great results. Maybe they were, even went to school and were these A top a students and then they come out and, and everything they learn seems to not be working anymore and and that creates huge s- stress so uh, i guess that's uh, that's maybe part of what we're seeing do you think that's true yeah but also it's connected to the way that we are building platforms today uh, like instagram and facebook and so on where we try to create the the quick peaks of of positive feelings and more and more people try to live their lives based on on these instagram moments so sort of and they don't work on the long term they see that in the news there's a new startup that just made it and they are well valued a million us dollars after their launch and then people tend to think that, okay, so I just need to launch a startup and it's going to be valued a lot of money and I don't have to spend any time doing it. But what many people don't understand is that the founders of that startup might have been working on building a startup solution, whatever it might be, for five years nonstop. And then they had the launch. People look at Instagram and they think that the the pictures of uh, someone's profile is is their life. But what they don't realize is that those pictures are just one particular moment of their full day. And that moment that person tried to do his or her best to make the picture as as beautiful as possible. But the, the rest of the day might have been awful. So we don't see the full picture. We don't ask the right questions basically right and that's true for i mean it has been true for rock stars and uh, whatever else you know that we we kind of see them when they become famous but we didn't see the struggles going on beforehand exactly and for almost everyone that's become successful there's been a challenge to lead that lead to that success and that challenge is a lot harder than most people might think to actually work day and night on becoming something or building something. 
believing in, in it when everybody else might tell you that it's going to fail. Yeah, for sure. And in even the ones that do have these valuations, I mean, the valuations are also, uh, and I think that's something that a lot of people don't think about. It's a, it's a number that tells you how much somebody believes in it. Yeah. Right. So it not, doesn't mean that it's going to succeed. It may very well <laughs> fail, but it, you know somebody believes in the idea and they've invested money at that valuation. So that's the value. Exactly. Uh, and I mean, even even if that's true, you may be super stressed out at the top of that company because you know that you, you're, you're just two months away from bankruptcy, basically, or something, you know. Which is quite common. Yeah, of course. Me most people don't understand that, that the valuations are based on a made-up calculation that okay so we have these this amount of customers we believe that we will collect uh, x amounts of more customers uh, month by month and we believe that that will give us this amount of growth that in uh, if we add it into our calculation it will give us this particular valuation but if we don't perform as expected then we will go bankrupt and all the people within the company will lose their jobs yeah i mean that amount of stress is of course uh, huge for yeah. you know whoever's in charge yeah definitely so, and uh, and i we don't i mean i, I i'm all for i'm a very pro entrepreneurship and i always love to encourage entrepreneurs but i think there's some value also to seeing that side of it and understanding that side of it to kind of see that it's not just you know somebody started that and now they're billionaires you know and, and it seems so easy uh, yeah you know i, I want to encourage people but I, I do want you know there's i think it's good to understand what's actually going on absolutely and it i mean even even if um if we don't have these these entrepreneurs i, I think we're in deep trouble we're not going to solve the problems that we need to solve so it's super important to have these people and it's also super important to have the other people that are good at following the rules and following instructions. And they're all equally important. And, and there's something to, I think, what you talked about in the beginning of this conversation about how it's so important to find your own path and, and kind of what you're comfortable with. And it's not for everybody to be an entrepreneur and it's not for everybody to be a, a, a soldier, if, you, if, you know, if, if, if that's a good analogy. Uh, but it's it's for somebody, and it's the most important thing for you to to be happy and and um, at ease is to uh, find what what your your path is, right? Yeah, and and to figure out what makes you happy, not what makes you money. If you find something that uh, that you believe in that will make you happy, it will make you rich. Maybe not wealthy in terms of money, but rich in in happiness, and that happiness is what will lead you to becoming more and more successful. Because if you work at a job where where you don't feel any happiness, eventually you will probably get sick. Yeah, and where you don't feel meaning or meaningful. Yeah, yeah. So you need to figure out what makes you feel. Uh, what makes you have those positive feelings and then focus more and more on those positive feelings to figure out what you should do with your life uh, i yeah i i uh, i think that's that's uh, probably one of the most most important tasks we we have in our lives and 
And I think we, we are starting to come up to the end of this podcast. And I just want to make sure that everybody knows what the title of that book is. So you can check it out. Yeah. Hacking Your Destiny. Hacking Your Destiny. Oh. Wonderful. And uh, so check out that book. And also, Carl, you will be speaking at the Mindburst um, conference as well, right? Yes. And also, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast. Yeah, of course. So see you soon. Yeah, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. For tickets to the event and more information about Mindburst, visit mindburst.se.